Satoshi then declines to offer a hypothesis because databases don't draw conclusions. <laughs> Any thoughts on that? I just thought that was kind of funny. I just think it's funny too. You don't, but I mean, no, that's oh, him. That's no, him. We're not reading into it. Mm-mm. Yeah, dude. <laughs> what no, the fuck do you mean? Yeah. Hello and welcome to another arc of my first anime. If this is your first time listening to the show, we are a book book club style anime podcast where we really deep dive into the anime we are watching. The original concept was that we took three people of varying experience levels and expertise in anime. I am somewhere in the middle and I'm Chris Bailey. I am the lazy protagonist, uh, Salvador, also known as Monkey. And I am the newbie that can I say newbie anymore? Um, we've done like what seven or eight now. Yeah, I mean, relative to us, you'll always be the yeah, baby. yeah, relative. Okay, that's true. That's true. But uh, my name is Anthony Vaught. Oh, this is also your first slice of life. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. So this time we are going to be talking about Hioka, which in my quest to continue to keep our name uh, relevant and accurate. Uh, this is not only our first actual slice of life, although eh, this is our first Kyoto animation anime as well. Uh, very Kyoto. big, famous studio um, oh, okay. known for their quality. This And actually, this was my personal first uh, from Kyoto animation as well. Let's uh let's do our anime minutes, what we've been doing outside of this stuff. Um I since our last recording in our time, uh I played through all of Persona 5 Strikers, which that game's good. Uh it's fun to be with those characters again, and it was nice for Yusuke and Haru to get more screen time. Also, the new songs on that soundtrack absolutely fucking slap. Uh other than that, which if you like Persona 5, I think Strikers is worth it. Um I watched the first few episodes of Nietzsche Joe, and that show is a whole lot of fun. Uh, I'm kind of a little glad now that we didn't end up doing it because I don't think there'd be much to talk about. Oh, really? Other yeah, than these, like, these are filled. These are filled with stuff to talk about. Uh, I could talk a bit about that scene where she drops the sausage. That's really good, but otherwise, <laughs> it's kind of like it, it'd just be a lot of that was funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's my anime minute. Uh, my anime minute. I actually have not been uh, watching a bunch of stuff. I've been uh, in a standstill. I mean, I'm still watching the Spider anime and the uh, Jobless Recarnation, and they're okay. Uh, this this year of anime is being fantastic though. 2021 is actually pretty good. Um, Devil is a part timer two guy announced last week, which I'm so excited about. I can't wait for it to come in. Oh, I'm so happy. And then we got the other anime. That's coming out. <laughs> the other stuff. I mean, Attack of Titan, the final season's heading and everybody's loving that. Um, also, um, I've been watching a bunch of British television. And if you guys are sleeping on it, watch Taskmaster. It's 
like the greatest thing ever. It's about five comedians, um, what's it called, doing tasks. That's all about it. And it's fantastic. They win prizes and there's this whole thing where they win points and stuff like that. It's just fantastic seeing different comedians um, doing a task and everybody are do- doing it a little bit different from everybody else. It's pretty good. Watch Taskmaster. If you guys are bored with anime and stuff like that and you guys want to watch some American TV, watch Taskmaster. British. Even though it's British. Anthony? Uh, so which, which definition of anime minute are we using? Uh, if It's the one where you're going to talk about Valheim, not that one. All right, so I've been playing a lot of Valheim no! recently. <laughs> no, I went on vacation, uh, just had time to watch the Hiyoko stuff. Um, that's really about it right now. I am finishing up some other stuff that apparently uh, that I'm not going to talk about. Not because it's like weird, just because it's not an anime. And then that's going to, uh, One Piece will be taking up my time after that. Oh, baby, Ooh, I'm excited God. for that. I'm so excited, dude. Yeah, I'm finishing up a couple audio books and then, yeah, I'm on to One Piece. So just a little bit before we jump into Hyoka, um, when I give Anthony these games to choose our next anime, I generally have two choices that I think are plausible and one like Dark Horse, horse that I am certain will not be picked and is just completely self-indulgent on my part. <laughs> and Hyoka is that one. Um, oh, but like it's like it, like I said, completely self-indulgent because I really love this show actually can you have you seen it before i have yep okay um which is why before again before we get into it well let me i'll say it at the top of actually starting to talk about it so introduction real quick hyoka came out in 2012 it is uh adapted from light novels written by honobu yonazawa and it was adapted by Shoji uh, Gato, who also made a series called full metal panic which i don't know anything about but i know it's Big, long, popular, something like that. Voice actors, pretty brisk on this one. We've got our main character, Hotaro Areki, which I apologize. I'm going to be calling him both Hotaro and Areki, probably. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> um, he's voiced by Yuichi Nakamura, who... This that sounds familiar. Uh, it does, but I couldn't figure out where it was from, because a lot of these ones also sound familiar. Uh, he does Greed in Brotherhood. He does Grey Full Buster in Fairy Tale. He does Moomin Rider in One Punch Man. He does Bucharity in Vento Areo. Oh my god. Hell yeah. He does Satoru Gojo in Jujutsu Kaisen, which I believe is the hot white hair guy that everyone loves. He does Hawks in My Hero Academia. Uh, he does Thankred from Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, Ravis from Final Fantasy XV. Uh, and Jun Gihan slash Yonsu Kim, Kim from the Yakuza series, which I swear to God we've talked about this guy before. But yeah, uh, um, I remember Bushati coming up, and yeah, I was saying, me too, Hell but yeah. it might have just been the English version. Uh, in the English, he's voiced by Adam Gibbs, who did not have any notable roles that stood out to me. Next, we have uh, Eru Chitanda, who is voiced by Satomi Sato, who does uh, the objectively best character from K on Ritsu Tainaka, and. Wendy Marvel from Fairy Tale, I believe. Oh, okay. She's the dragon chick. Also, do not at me. I Ritsu's the best. Fuck off. Uh, that's Mew. I said don't at me. In the English, <laughs> she is voiced by uh, Madeline Morris, who also did not have any roles that stood out to me. Next, we have Satoshi Fukube, who is voiced by Daisuke Sakaguchi, who does uh, Shonen Bat from Paranoia Agent, Jacuzzi Splot from Bakano. 
and unfortunately Mishima from Persona 5. Fuck that guy. In the English, he is voiced by Dallas Reed, who does Asta, Asta, Asta from Black Clover. I think he's the main character. Oh, really? Interesting. And finally, we have Mayaka Ibarra, who is voiced by Ai Kayano, who does Rinko Ogasawara from Shirobako, great show, Darkness from Konosuba, Good. and Ishtola from Final Fantasy fourteen. In the English, she's voiced by Jill Harris, who does Noelle Silva from Black Clover. Um, and before we jump into Hioka, I have one note that I realized I should probably give you guys. Um, it didn't dawn on me until I was watching it. So this show, obviously, uh, very couched in the mystery genre in kind of a love letter sort of way. There's some stuff later that is like straight up Agatha Christie. Like they do the ABCs of murder without the murder. Um <laughs> So the thing about this show is it's about these kids solving mysteries, but as the audience, we're not really, if I'm remembering correctly, given the tools to solve those mysteries alongside them, and we're not really supposed to. Oh, okay. Because it's much more about unraveling the characters, and, but and we are given the tools to like deduce things about the characters and the way this characterization is done is almost like Cowboy Bebop-esque in that the, the characters don't go through drastic changes. They go through some, but they're more gradual and subtle and like grounded than a lot of anime tends to be. But we're more supposed to try and understand like why these characters are the way they are and like understand them from different perspectives and like even look at it like, you know, when Satoshi is saying that he's a database or whatever, like, for one, what does that mean coming from him? What does that mean coming from Areki? And like, do do we trust the narrators in this situation? You know, like you're like it's a mystery story. It's a very cleverly disguised character drama, let's say. Um I'm gonna take your word for it for now. <laughs> but yeah, I th- I think that's just something to keep in mind. You're supposed to be analyzing the characters, you're not supposed to be trying to solving trying to solve the mysteries. <laughs> With that being said, I also think this is kind of an interesting one to come to from Mob Psycho given that I don't think I've seen maybe a work of fiction in general where the stakes are lower than in Hioka. <laughs> You're hitting on every fucking point I already have written down, you motherfucker. Uh, and also, Areki and Mob kind of live in a similar space in terms of characterization, which is, I could not stop thinking about Hioka watching Mob Psycho because... Part of the reason Mob never landed for me as a character really is because I think Areki is so well done and so much more compelling being a similar type of character to Mob where he's just a, a passive piece of shit who gets spurred into action by a cute girl. Well, and then like, you know, I'm, I'd be agree with you on Mob season one, right? Season two, he actually. Yeah, he does stuff. Has but some shit going Yeah. On. But he's still very much in that similar vein of character. Um yeah, I think that's all I have to say. Well, it's literally the only notes I had written down. Shit. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> all right, let's get into episode one, the return of the time-honored classic Lit Club. We see cherry blossoms. It's the beginning of high school, and people are recruiting for clubs. And we get Oreki's um, internal monologue where he starts to talk about 
uh, high school life, some people want it to be rosy, uh, filled with like sports and activities and romance and others just want it to be gray as he calls it. And that leads into him having that conversation with, uh, Satoshi, his friend kind of slip, uh, snipes back at him like, oh, that's your thing, right? Perennial, perennially gray, energy conserving. And he's like, oh, what was your motto again? And Araki says, if I don't have to do something, uh, <laughs> I don't. If I have to do something, I do it quickly. Good motto. Good motto. motto. I, I no. like that motto a lot. No, it's a good no, motto. If he doesn't not. have to do it, you don't have to do it. It leaves no room for adventure or progress. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing is, like, this, this show... That was the other thing I wanted to say. Like, I know it's hard writing notes. and Well, you guys probably aren't writing notes because you're fucking clowns. Um, but reading the subtitles, um, try and watch, like, not only the foreground characters, but the background characters. There's so much detail in this show, especially in people's, like, body language and uh, facial expressions that gives away so much. And that's beside the show being like absolutely gorgeous and having so much detail in it. Okay, before before we get past it, so is everybody watching the subbed or is anybody watching the dub? I watch one dub for funsies, but mostly sub. Okay, and I'm guessing you watch the sub, and I'm watching the sub. Yes. Um, and I think everybody is watching it into the Funimation app. I'm just gonna yep. say the app is garbage. It's the subtitles all bad because yep. they'll look like they'll. Um, typed in subtitles. Like these system typed level in. subtitles, I think. Yeah. But kind of to your point, Anthony, like, yeah, that is a lame motto. And I think like Oreki knows that, or at the very least, the idea of calling it a motto is kind of dumb to him. And it's like Satoshi's thing. Yeah. Is he, does he psychoanalyze right now? Uh, Satoshi? I think so. Yeah. 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 What better friend to have between these two? Like some dude who like, cause being psychoanalyzed half the time would be so fucking annoying. But, like, he's just like, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. And, I mean, like, I think they established through that pretty quickly that, like, oh, these two are, like, best friends and have been for a while. Uh, at least, I think he said he's at least known since middle school. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, I was kind of like, you know, honestly, because he was, like, going through the shit. And I was like, dude, shut up. And I was like, wait, well, at least he's not talking about me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, and he doesn't seem to mind. I guess with that motto, really nothing really yeah. can get on your nerves as long as you're efficient about things and satoshi's not like affixing his glasses while he does it he's teasing him yeah and that's another thing that i just really really like about the show that i think so many things have a hard time with is that these characters feel like all four of them um as a group feel like they're friends like legitimately and i think that's something fiction has such a hard time with they say these characters are friends and then you watch it and just accept it but it doesn't really feel right when you step back most of the time but yeah the the we'll talk more about everyone's dynamic as we go i'm sure uh but the hotoro satoshi is very very good uh we he oreki reveals that he's going to be joining the classic lit club cuz he got a letter from his sister who is in india fucking around <laughs> Like there, there. She gives a. She sends him another letter later that made me think. Like, hold up, is his sister like pulled some Alexis from Shit's Creek stuff? Because <laughs> she's like, hey, I'm stuck in the console. Oops. Oh yeah. <laughs> she does talk about that. Uh, and so she's like, oh, you have to do it because she would beat you up with her aikido if you didn't, right? Which I don't know if you guys caught. I think it comes a little later that his sister graduated two years ago, so she's not that much older than him. Yep. He uh, says that. Oh, I guess like probably six years. I guess. Because he's a freshman or 
five years, however it works out. Um, he goes to the classic lit club, or he goes to uh, get the room. Uh, he talks about how there's going to be no other members in it, just him, so it doesn't get disbanded. He passes other people, and right away we get to see his kind of internal contradictions where he's like, I salute you people who are more active before he talks about his philosophy on energy conver- uh, conservation. So stupid. <laughs> but it's it's all, I think he's, oh, it's so easy to make this character just be a complete shithead. But he's out there being like, yeah, this is my way of life. And hey, you people out there doing your sports and stuff, good on you guys. Well done. I think, like, I think rewatching these first episode after watching all four, it, the first episode left a bad taste in my mouth because it is it's setting up I don't know if it's just because the anime we've watched but it's setting up him being a shithead mm-hmm. totally and that's why I was kind of like he rubbed me the wrong way the first episode and a half or so mm-hmm. I think it was just this conservation of energy like half emo kind of stuff yeah it's pretty silly and I was kind of like man where's the depression like the rest of us millennials <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. Maybe that's something to keep in mind with a recce. Hmm. Oh my gosh, he doesn't have his sister. He's just putting that together. <gasps> this <laughs> might get more interesting. He gets to his club room and he slowly walks in as all the music cuts. We just hear his footsteps. There's a girl at the window. She turns and smiles at him. And then he goes, huh? <laughs> and we go to uh, the opening theme. Of uh, yeah. Yasashisa no Ryu, uh, performed by Chocho. How do we feel about this? <laughs> it was Not really bad. funny. It's because I was like, man, this sounds familiar. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> From picking it the fucking two weeks ago. Uh, you know what's funny? Uh, I still like Sorry, it. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say I like it overall. Yeah. It's actually grown on me uh, since you picked it. Like the first time I watched Yoka, I really wasn't that big on it. But I've kind of turned a corner on it. I, um, I can see, I I can see it growing on me. Like it's not, it's not a bad theme song. It's 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 a nice theme song. Yeah, and uh, the animation that accompanies it, I think you could totally uh, mother's basement the shit out of this intro, dude. <laughs> Which is a channel that Muggy showed me a while ago, where someone analyzes intros to spoil the entirety of shows. Yeah, is the the guy just like literally he analyzed the? Oh, I think we talked about this like yeah. very briefly, where like a lot of animes like literally have like the ending of shows sometimes. Yeah, in the fucking title sequences. Yeah, you can like you can see that, and like you can see like symbolism of like random stuff that happens in the opening and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like if you remember in Mob Psycho, spoiler if you guys didn't watch Mob Psycho with us, there's a big giant broccoli, and that's that's supposed to spoil the fact that Mob makes a big giant broccoli at the end of the show. Yeah, but it's not like <laughs> no, it's sim, it's just symbolic yeah, of what happens in yeah. the show. Because I don't think that gives away any plot elements. Yeah. Uh, when we come back from that, we meet uh, Chitanda Eru, uh, formerly. Oreki has no clue who she is. She knows exactly who he is because they're in an elective class together. They had one day, and he's like, what the hell? She's got a good memory. Yeah. The music here is kind of weird, I think, but also great. Uh, she says she joined the club for personal reasons, to which Oreki's like, all right, later. <laughs> he starts to leave and then realizes that, wait a minute, the the door was locked. She doesn't have a key. How did she get in here? He poses that question. 
and she confronts him with her eye sparkle and backs him against the door. Mm, the patented eye sparkle. Mm-hmm. So is he crushing on her at the beginning? I see that's something else that we're going to talk about a little bit more in the next episode. But I totally think that literally from go, these two probably have feelings for each other. Um, they just don't really know what to do with it or what to make of it yet. Or or it could even be like, I, I think it's simpler than that. Honestly, I think it's just she's got a lot on her plate, like mm-hmm. at least in her mind, you know. Which, depending on how big this super overarching controversy is, it could be that she has a lot on her plate. Like, at, you know, objectively, not subjectively. Yeah. And uh, and that just may be taking her time instead of thinking about feelings and stuff. Sure, totally. Um, that, that's kind of what I've, that's kind of where I'm, what boat I'm driving right now. Is that he's, like, he's, I, I believe his motto is still strong. And that yep. if he doesn't have to do it, he's not going to. But I think he's got attraction to her. And I but think if she's he does, he's going to do it fast. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Wait, high school. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Shit. I, I don't, um, I mean, I can see these guys get together. But, like, at the very beginning, I just thought this was just, like, a companion thing. Like, they both just fed, um, met each other and just becoming really good friends. I mean, it probably, it probably would go romantic just because this is an anime. But, like, I could I could just see these two people just being really good friends to each other. Yeah, totally. And I think that is definitely a conversation that is something to keep in mind as we go through the series, especially from Chitana's perspective. I think it's a lot easier to make the case that Reki is crushing hard on her, especially given some uh, imagery in episode two and three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, I, you could also, I guess, if you really wanted to make the case that he feels something, he just doesn't know what it is, and that's the obvious conclusion. Um, that's the way I look at it. Like, he just doesn't understand why this, like, he's, like, not following for the goal, but just is doing more work because of this goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Satoshi, meanwhile, is spotted eavesdropping. Gotta hide better, my man. I didn't even see him. Oh, no, dude. He he wanted to be caught. He was invisible. I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> to me, this guy just wanted to be caught. He was the epitome of spies. Like, just the perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Satoshi is probably the most subtle person I've ever seen in an anime. Uh, he comes in and starts jabbering about like, ooh, I saw you talking with a girl by the window. I had to come check that shit out. Yeah. Chitanda tries to protest. And eventually they move on and stop caring about that pretty quickly. And we get the first instance of Satoshi just rattling off information where he tells us about the power families of uh, Kamiyama, I believe is where they are. That sounds familiar. And the Chitanda family is a family of farmers and they're like super rich and important. Uh, And Satoshi talks about how great she is. (laughs) It's got to be humbling, right? Yeah. Whatever, dude. Satoshi's just everyone's hype man. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I didn't look at it like that. Uh, we set up our locked room mystery because Satoshi is in on solving this as well. Because of course he is. Dude will never fuck off when you want him to. And we the only unfortunate part about being a hype man. <laughs> yeah, we get the first instance of him referring to. I don't know if he, if he refers to himself or Areki calls him it, but him being referred to as a database. Yeah, um, I think it's self-proclaimed. Yeah, and we get Chitanda's first. I am curious. <laughs> Which causes Areki to become wrapped in hair. 
What? <laughs> as the, the entire scene changes to this like pinkish hue thing as hair spiders all over what the room. What is happening? He's this getting ensnared so by her, dude. Okay. Ah, whatever. <laughs> hey, it looks pretty. Yeah. It did. Uh, well, it's just, it's just one of those things. It's just later on in the episodes, we we'll realize this is just his imagination of random stuff. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> it goes yeah. against my thoughts and feelings. <laughs> um, and then Oreki starts to do some deduction and Chitanda hears some rattling around down below. We get a montage of the janitor and mystery solved. And I, dude, I don't know why I fucking love every time she does this, but Chitanda gets so uncomfortably close to Areki, and he backs up, and then she puts her face closer to his. Yeah, like, she girl has no concept closer. of personal space. So uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, and he's always trying to back away and like avert his eyes, respect boundaries that she just does not have. Nope. And we get teased of a little old building outside the window. And Satoshi decides that between his handicrafts club and his other clubs that he's in, he will also join the yeah. the right the classic lit club because it seems like fun. This guy's busy. Also, uh, as I was saying, kind of want to join a handicraft club. That just sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, dude, with that costume he makes, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get there. Uh, she holds out her hand. Oh, she holds out her hand. And I think uh, Oreki gets wrapped in hair again. Yeah, there's yeah, it happens twice, so I remember yeah. that. And then hands her the application to turn in. Uh we see them walking home and he gets he does a little internal monologue of how he's determined to conserve energy. Uh but Chitanda is gotta be a problem for that. Yep. Mm -hmm. He knows. And more rose petals happen. And then we cut to later. Another day, another week, who knows? Surprisingly, not the end of the anime. Like, after this, I thought it was the end of the anime, and it was like, oh, we still have a little bit left. Um, Satoshi is talking about a... He's telling a ghost story about how someone saw a ghost in the music room because they heard it playing Moonlight Sonata and no one was on the piano. They saw a spirit with, like, messed up hair and bloodshot eyes. <laughs> And Araki's like, did that really happen? And Satoshi's like, I don't know, man. I'm just going to say I love the animation. When they do these story animations, it's so fucking great. And I can't wait to watch more of yeah. them. Uh, and he makes reference to the seven wonders of Kamiyama. And Araki's like, hold on a damn minute. <laughs> Who told you this? Who told you this story? Uh, and of course, it was Chitanda. So he asked what the first wonder is. Yeah, that was strange. It was the second... <laughs> they start the story on the second wonder. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the it's the more exciting one. Yeah. Uh, Chitanda shows up, and we learn about the first wonder, which is a secret recruitment memo for a club called the Joro Spider Society. Uh, and they decide to look for the club. Uh, they we see them at a bulletin board looking over the clubs, and Reki gets buried in an avalanche of kanji because <laughs> he can't handle all those clubs. Nope. But you did forget to discuss like. Well, I don't remember what the girl's name is. Chitanda. Yeah, Chitanda yeah. does come into the thing. Um, the main character for guy's fucking homework, and so he has to do his homework after class, which is why he's out there. And she's like, "Oh, do you guys know about the mystery about the second wonder? Or that's what the thing is." And he's like, "Oh no! Oh, tell her about the fucking first wonder." And he's like, <laughs> actively trying to push the first wonder. And me as an audience, I'm like, "Why is he trying to push this wonder so hard?" 
and then we can get to the scene that you're talking about, about, about the whole bulletin board and stuff like that. Yeah. And we will uh, learn why he was pushing that first one so hard. Yeah. Noble reasons only. You find a small note behind a different poster. They part with uh, Chitanda after finding it and being like, eh, whatever, that's it, I guess. And we learn Areki's elaborate plan. He set this all up because the music room is too far away. Yep. And he just wanted to be by the entrance when he sated her curiosity so he could go home. <laughs> I love that. He makes a note and everything. <laughs> but then Satoshi, mm. his BFF, hits him with, uh, hey, man, you're just making excuses. Like, why didn't you just say, I don't know, like you usually do? It's calling him out on his bullshit. Yeah. Well, not necessarily bullshit, but. No, I, I bet his friend knows. I bet Satoshi knows that. Um... Well, yeah, because he's already pointed out, like, yeah. trying to embarrass him a couple times. Th- like, yeah, yeah. He, he knows. He, he's just making fun of his friend. Yeah, Satoshi's constantly fucking with Areki. Yeah. I, I love this relationship. These guys' relationship is good. Um, they talk about, and, and he goes on to say, like, how that's not like him. And Areki kind of has a little thing of, like, eh, I guess the usual me can be on hold for a little bit because we have to deal with this fucking girl. Uh, and then Areki just kind of casually solves the music ghosts. And Satoshi goes to leave him, and he's like, hey, man, that stunt you pulled, mm, gonna backfire. Yep, I bet it does backfire. Which one's he talking about? Uh, uh, solving the first thing. The spider on society, whatever it's called. Yeah. Whereas I'm pretty sure that's not the, um, what do you call it, the solution. I bet that story is true. No, he planted it there. Well, so the, you're saying that story is not true, the one he said? And he just made up a bit bullshit solution. For hold on, for which one? For the first one. For the first one though. Yeah, Areki made Areki put that note there. Yeah, but I'm saying that is that first one to me, I think that first one story is correct. I think yeah. Areki put a bullshit solution so he doesn't have to do anything yet afterwards. You know what? I may have been note riding. I didn't see him play it that. Yeah, because when he talks about it, he's like, Oh, so that's why you needed like the ruler and pins and stuff. Mm. Yeah, he tells them that's going to backfire. And then we get the ending. Uh, the ending is Madaromi no Yakusoku and is actually sung by the voice actors for uh, Chitanda and Mayaka, which is a neat detail. And the lyrics make it a little better, but this is about as horny as the show gets. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that ending. And it's kind of weird. <laughs> I watched it once. I haven't watched it all the way through since. <laughs> There's then jokes again, to I be just made watched there. The show. Well, then again, I just watched the show today, so I might watch some tonight. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, oh. Episode two, the prestigious classic lit clubs activities. Oreki uh, wakes up. We get the, a recap of the letter from his sister and learn that a month has passed. Uh, we see him and Chitanda chilling in the club room, uh, and she's uh, sharing her snacks with him. This is one where they were like kind of bored, right? They were just like, fuck, yep. what's going on? Yeah. He's going on. He's talking more about like, oh, I don't mind being around people. I just don't want to be worn out, which same, bro. I get it. <laughs> I, I'm going to ask, though, what the fuck is this club about? Is it about reading like classical little books <laughs> or something or about making a fucking newsletter? Call me a fucking classic <laughs> Dude, I don't know. club. Like makes no goddamn sense. You know what I mean? It's like, 
What do you guys do? Do you guys do grandma? Like, I don't know what this club is supposed to represent. They don't do a damn thing. <laughs> I Yeah, I assume it's supposed to be about classical literature, but Oreki ain't having none of that shit. Chitada's got her own stuff to do. Satoshi doesn't give a fuck. And honestly, neither does Mayaka, so... But yeah, like you said, they're just reading in silence. Chitanda says, this is fruitless. And Oreki comes back with, you mean planting two crops a year? And she's like, no, that's double cropping. And there's just like a perfectly timed God. beat of silence before she gets Damn in his it. face. Like, were you trying to make a joke? I just understood that joke now. Orange, that joke is a lot more funnier coming from your mouth than the fucking animation. Yeah. <laughs> they got to work on their deliveries. Dude, I thought the delivery was so good. Well, I don't know about that joke itself because it's like whatever. But 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 her just like answering sincerely and then pausing for a second and then going, wait a goddamn minute, you're making a joke. It's so good. I also think it lands better after we saw the farm too. Mm. It like solidifies that. Yeah. No, I'm just going to say, Owens, you delivered that joke better than the anime did. I'm just going <laughs> to give you that right now. <laughs> you ever thought about writing anime? Uh, yeah. They... <laughs> I have been sent several cease and desist. <laughs> uh, Chitanda says that her club time is fruitless. The club time is fruitless because they're not doing anything. So Areki asks her what she wants to get out of the club. And then she says it's personal again. But they should do some activities. They should do an anthology for the Culture Fest. Which uh, I want to know, when did you guys kind of start to think that Chitanda was playing him a little bit? At the very beginning. Oh, okay. When she was like, it's personal. But you thought, I mean, at this point, you're like, oh, she's just like pretending to do other shit to get to what she needs. You don't think she was, you didn't think she was being sincere and everything? Oh, I mean, like kind of almost to South Credit earlier, like they, it's the, called the Classic Lit Club, but she's not interested in classical literature. He's not interested mm. in anything. <laughs> so, I mean, she's obviously there like, I'm, I, I mean, I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's playing him, right? She's not, like, lying actively to him. She's just not telling him the whole truth. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's the way I look so at I, it. So it depends on what you mean by playing, I guess. But, I mean, because she wants, like, oh, we should do an anthology. But she just says it with the motive of seeing oh, the old anthologies. I, I gotcha. Uh, I didn't pick up on any of that. I, I was just like, yeah, let's do an anthology. <laughs> Remember, I, I was in, like, the, man, this is kind of, they've solved, like, two shitty crime, <laughs> two shitty mysteries so far. And I'm, like... And I wasn't too sold on the characters at all. I'm just saying, um, Owens is completely, like, that makes complete sense, Owens, that she's playing him. I mean, she is a uh, top-tier student, whatever that's fucking called, I don't remember. She's an honor student. Honor student, that's what it is. Um, Somehow. Yeah. No, no, there must be a reason she's why she's an smart. honor student, and now I know. She's playing this guy. She's playing him for all his money. She's like, this guy knows how to solve crimes or solve whatever. Dude, she's rich as hell. He's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She, she just needs his mind. That's all. Mm. So all I'm going to say, Hot takes his sizzle at the end of this uh, anime. She's going to kill him, take his brain, and put in a robot. Mm -hmm. Yep, you got it. Well done. Yeah. Uh, they look through the old issues, don't find them. So they decide to go check the library, where we get to meet Mayaka. <laughs> and her and Oreki immediately start sniping at each other, which is great. So... I just want to make sure I understand the relationship. Yes. What's her name is Mayaka, right? Mayaka Ibarra. Yes. Maya Mayaka or Mayaki? Sorry. Mayaka Ibarra. Mayaka. Okay. So her and the database. Satoshi. Satoshi Fukube. Okay. So so I was actually going to talk about this, so we can do it now. Okay. I absolutely love how they handle this. 
because the whole thing with that is Mayaka has had a crush on Satoshi since middle school. They're not mm-hmm. dating. Yeah. But like they drop it. So like everyone knows. She knows everyone knows. Everyone knows everyone knows. And it's just it's just a thing. And they move on with their life and they're they're still friends and they hang out. Yeah. But that is a she had a crush on him in middle school, still does, very obviously. And just everyone knows it. And that's the whole thing. Okay. And I, I really like that because nothing ever does that dynamic. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I got that correctly because it looked like uh, it looks like Oreki and her like instantly started jabbing at each other, like you said. Mm-hmm. And so after that got explained, I was kind of like, I bet that she was hanging out with uh, like him and uh, Satoshi, yeah, quite a bit. And then that's kind of how they became kind of gabby jabby friends, you know? Because mm-hmm. you know you always get to know the friends of your friends and. I guess she seems like she's got that personality to be jabby. And honestly, I didn't expect him to return that like much as he did. Yeah, that's another thing I love about this show. They feel like well-rounded people. Yep. Okay, which is okay, but I think he's lying to himself. Oh, maybe. Who knows? (laughs) Can you stop spoiling it, Orange? I didn't spoil anything. Can can you have a better (laughs) poker face? I can see your smile through the audio Yeah, I know, dude. dude, It's not that hard. (laughs) But yeah, and I think kind of probably what brought that confusion on for you, I'm guessing, is Satoshi then comes in and mocks them like, hey, glad to see you two are getting along as well. Good as ever. Kamiyama's best couple or whatever. I don't know if you, that kind of solidified my like, that's probably when I had that idea. I was like, I wonder when they were because oh, I bet that they all are like hanging out a lot because she likes him and their yeah. friends and stuff. Yeah, and then my Mayak actually hits back at, at him with, come on, man, that's not funny. You know how I feel. Yeah, that's I think it's one, yeah exactly. Which is like, oh okay, the, you guys are really just super casual about this. <laughs> She's like, I'm in love with you, bro. Come on. It's nice seeing like young adults have some emotional stability in anime. Yeah, what a wild concept. They talk about the culture fest, which uh, be is abbreviated as Kanyasai, and they kind of brainstorm a little bit as to potentially where that name came from. We learned that Mayaka is a member of the manga club. Mm-hmm. And she has no clue what's going on with these things. So they're going to wait 30 minutes for the librarian to come back. Uh, in the meantime, she tells them about this mystery where this 50-year history book is checked out every week at lunchtime and returned after school. And they look into that, find out that it was checked out by different people every time. <laughs> for initially, Areki does not want to do it. Chitanda tries really hard to convince him uh, before Mayaka eventually shushes them shitanda gets kind of like downtrodden and Reki's like god damn it fine no, um <laughs> no before before this there was a very great scene when he's uh i think she's telling the story and he just starts creeping out oh and yeah it, uh, <laughs> and then uh shitanda fucking just grabs him and like yeah you're not getting away we, we're solving this mystery <laughs> i fucking love that that's just a great thing i just love him sneaking trying to Trying to run away. He knows exactly what's coming. He's like, uh-uh. Yeah. They start to brainstorm about what could happen and every, or why it happened, and everyone has really stupid ideas. I know Mayaka suggests that maybe they were being used as a pillow. <laughs> bad, yeah. bad, bad idea. That's what I'm saying. I forget what Satoshi and Chitanda's ideas were, but they were also pretty stupid. Um, I don't remember what Satoshi's is, but Satanda's is a pickle press. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ours was a pickle, pickle press. Pickle press. Yep. And then Oroki's like, Orokai, whatever, how you pronounce his name is. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to stop asking you guys. (laughs) He's like, these are just dumb ideas. (laughs) 
Yeah. God damn it. The old fashioned book pickle press. Yep. Yeah, man. Uh, they think some more before eventually hit a dead end until Chitanda smells something. And Areki has an idea about what it could be. And he tells Chitanda, who is going to go get to the bottom of it, and of course tries to drag him along. Yeah, because she says specifically it smells like paint thinner, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. And we get Areki's little dinner vision where he's at the end of a really long table and Chitanda is dressed as a maid, offering him two menus, the gray menu and the rosy menu. Uh, he tries to point to the gray course and she grabs his hand and mm -hmm. forces it onto the rosy one. Uh, Mayaka is also curious and wants to see the result of this, so she accompanies them and Satoshi's left him in the library and he's not pleased. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. She's like, yeah, I want to go too. Um... I guess you have to mend the library. I mean, I can't just leave my job. Which, dude, just especially Mayaka, just watch people's facial expressions at the background. They're so good. She fucking narrow eyes Oreki so much. <laughs> it just gives them a look of like, God damn, this guy. Um, they're walking over and Oreki is giving us the explanation and mystery solved. Chitanda hits him with the sparkle eyes again and starts to talk about his brain. And how she wishes she could get in there, poke around. Oh, wait, hold on. Monkey might be right. Uh, His hot shadow might be right. Oh, no. Uh, I'm going to say the, the solution of this one is the stupidest thing ever. Yeah, makes it amount of sense. It's simple. No. Why did you just leave the book in the classroom? Because they have to return it. They they probably can't carry it. Or, like, they probably can't leave it in the class over the weekend. Someone would have to Just take put it, it on the fucking teacher's desk for fucking a week. Like I don't, I don't know. It just seems like it seems too much work there. to yeah. like. Well, no, it's the club. It was a club borrowing it, not a class. I think was it. A club? So there isn't a teacher. I think so. No, this was during school hours. Isn't club? Yeah, oh yeah, because they took it during class. lunch. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I don't know. And can't can't the teachers just say, "Hey, I'm just going to borrow this book, librarian, for fucking so many weeks. I'll bring it back to you." Like I don't know. It just seems like this whole like thing. I was like. Why, like, what? Why is the fucking kids coming in, checking Listen, out this book? We have to establish that she's got a super nose. Oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I honestly did not remember this stuff. So watching it now, and like her hearing the sound and her smelling stuff, and even maybe spotting Satoshi, like, I wonder if they're trying to use this stuff to like set her up as just a perceptive person. Because kind of the whole thing is, you know, they all have their strengths and weaknesses and shit. Oh, I'm getting that 100%. Because you yeah. got the database, you got she's fucking perceptive as fuck, and then he puts everything together. Except for the part where her. she can't tell Oreki does not want her nose inside of her mouth. His mouth. <laughs> well, well I mean, he, what he, what he, he, he might, for dinner but... And shit. <laughs> I think uh, this is the part where Oreki kind of thinks about Jatanum. He's like, how the hell is this girl an honor student? And she talks about how, like, oh, I'm just good at taking tests. I'm really good at, like, seeing the individual parts of stuff rather than your mode of thinking, which is, like, putting stuff together. There, there are no issues in the stacks, so they have come up empty here. And Chitanda is clearly up to something as she goes on her, like, ah, oh, but maybe with a recce. And then he's like, what are you mumbling about over there? What? She's like, nothing. <laughs> It's personal, fucker. How are you just going to let that shit just slip like that? Yeah, I know. It, I, that's the thing. They set her up as like being perceptive, but girl has literally no situational awareness. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I think that's that. I mean, obviously, that's they have their whole things, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, Chitanda calls Areki and wants to meet him. They go and meet at the cafe Pineapple Sand. Uh, the music here in this scene is great. It's so overly dramatic. And God, there's so much fucking shit in this scene, you guys. I love this scene. I did not like this scene. Oh, there's so much in it. Um, first, there's the difference of the coffee where Chitanda is just playing with hers and Areki's is empty. <laughs> obviously implying that like she's been doing all the talking and he's just sitting there like yep whatever and drinking his coffee and she's obviously more nervous about what's happening well even calls it out <clears throat> yeah yeah and satoshi or not satoshi areki makes a joke about it's like oh would you call me here to uh confess, confess your, your love, love to me which is such a weird thing for him to say what do you make about that what do you make of that um i don't know i thought that that was an i thought that that was an option at this point but do you think he would call that out? I think, like, does that seem uh, up to this point? Does that feel like something Areki would like just throw out there at this point? Up to this, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just gonna say completely agree with Anthony. I think it's, I think he just wants to get to the meat and bones of the conversation. He's efficient, bro. Mm, that's true. He's like, look, if you can confess your love, confess your love. Like, I don't have all day for this. So I can say nah and get on my way. Exactly. <laughs> I ain't got time for this shit. I got sleeping to do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, the, the, to fucking do. the girl woke him up. He was sleeping, having a good yeah, old time, conserving his energy. And see, he gets waking up <laughs> by this fucking call. And then he shows up at the fucking coffee shop. And this girl is not telling him what she wants from him for the longest time. Of course, I'll be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> And it ends on a shot of some ice rattling in a glass. <clears throat> All right, so here's the issue I had. Yes. These motherfuckers cliffhanger us on like a, right? She's like, I'm about to tell you. And then they cliffhanger. And then they start off with like some more like, I'm going to tell you. And then they cliffhanger again with the song. <laughs> it's so, it was so fucking annoying, dude. I really yeah, I did not see like that. that. Okay, I'm just going to say, um. I do love the scene where he's like, he's just straight up says, walks, um, gets up and about to walk away. He's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just leaving. And, and she's like, yeah, don't go. Like, I'm going to tell you. And he's like, okay. And then he's just set back down. I, I just love that. I was like, yeah, if you're not going to tell me, you're not going to tell me. Either tell me or not. Yeah. But we can sit, we continue in episode three, the circumstances of the classic lit club scion. We pick right back up in the cafe. And after he says that, we get a shot of the clock, which has a heart pendulum. Yeah, I, just, I thought that was random as fuck. I was like, why is there a heart pendulum in this clock? Is this like, I'm, I don't want to say, is this, this is not like a love cafe, right? Like, he's the one that chose this place. Yep. She chose it. No, Areki chose it. Oh, he did? Yep. It's probably close to his house. Yeah, it's probably close to his house. So you, it might be just a love cafe or just a cafe for... No, so <laughs> actually we get a shot at the end of this scene uh, and the pendulum is not a heart. Oh, so really? it's one of like a rec, uh, one of the things in Areki's head. Oh, and like, okay. Th there, it feels like there, there's a weird bit of time fuckery in this scene too where it feels like as she's building up to it, time is almost slowed down. And, and again, <laughs> from like Areki's perspective, like and how he's experiencing this moment. So you think he was nervous that she was actually going to confess his love? Absolutely. <laughs> and whether it was good nervous or bad nervous remains to be seen, I guess. But Yeah, he, he probably like, hopefully she says no. Like, hopefully it's not like that. So I don't have to get in a relationship. So I could just be lonely and go to sleep and stuff like that. Although, honest, yeah, honestly, he probably doesn't even know at that point. Like, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th then we have the buildup and she has a favor to ask. 
Um, oh, as soon as she says she has a favor to ask, like there's this weird snap back as we get like sucked into back to reality. The colors all revert from like the hue, the bright hues they were before. Um, the pendulum goes back, and I think he even gets like his second coffee that he ordered at the beginning around this time. And she then talks about the favor where she talks about her uncle has been missing in India for seven years, and he was a member of the. Uh, classic lit club she asked him about it when she was a little girl about something to do with the classic lit club and he was reluctant to answer uh, but when event eventually when she did get the answer she cried but she doesn't remember what he told him or what he told her so she tries to recruit a to see if they can figure it out uh a initially refuses thinking in his mind he frame okay so he frames it as like he doesn't want to be responsible for whatever it, it ends up being, right? Like, if it's something bad, he doesn't want to be responsible for that. So he was kind of looking into it like a, um, God, what's the Schrodinger's cat or whatever kind of mindset? Explain. Uh, whereas if he is the one to give her, almost or almost like kill the messenger kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Similar sure. to that kind of style of like, if I'm the one that tells you, you're going to blame me for it. Okay. So you, you think he was being sincere with that in, in, a, in a way. I think if you're in, I don't, it's hard to tell because I don't know enough about him yet, which is one of the reasons why I was very like dull the first couple episodes watching the show. Because it's a character drama and I don't know the fucking character. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was kind of hard to get into. And so based on like what we've been talking about and what I've remember about the scene, uh, it seems to me like if he maybe slightly likes her, but doesn't really, hasn't thought about it or hasn't given any context, I think that is sincere thought that like hey i don't want this uh the woman that i possibly like to be upset with me in any way Mm -hmm. and that includes like helping her figure this highly personal thing out because she's going to associate that with me okay sure yeah i i i didn't even consider that i think that's a good reading um i totally just took it as like him just you know kind of refusing but making the excuse to himself in a way that he feels like he's protecting her by not doing it. Like he's, she's better off not knowing that kind of thing. I, I do like your idea too, though, for sure. That I think that I probably like it more. <laughs> uh, then she tells him that she doesn't share this stuff with just anyone. So she, she can't, she doesn't feel comfortable just like going around and asking people. Yeah, because of course that's his first question is why me? Yeah, like why don't you go to like Satoshi and Mayaka and like teachers and shit? And then she says that once someone has been missing for seven years, they can legally be declared dead. Uh, and she wants to get the answer before his funeral so that she can have that in her heart. Um, we get another Areki vision of a young Chitanda digging around in sand while he sits on a bench. Young Chitandri was so cute. <laughs> that was really good animation. Although I can't stop for every time it's good animation because that would just be the whole podcast. Yes, it's it's a absolutely beautiful show what any thoughts on that vision um i feel like i don't know i need to see more visions to have a better understanding of why he when why excuse me why and when he does the visions the way he does because so far we've seen what four and two of them were the kind of the same with the hair Mm -hmm. two hairs we've had the maid outfit where he makes her like choose to the red uh, pill basically (laughs) She red pills them. Phrasing. Yeah, red phrase. Men go their own way. The, the rosy form of childhood, or not childhood, Jesus, uh, high school. 
Mm-hmm. And then this one just seemed like he was like watching her look for stuff, like finding answers. And I don't know what it, if it's maybe it's supposed to make him kind of like internalize, like, hey, that she needs help mm-hmm. or something like that. Or maybe like it saddens him to see her just out there doing that's why she was younger. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. The, yeah, the fact totally. that she was young was a little confusing, but. I think paternal is probably the wrong word, but it, it probably, you know, invoked some a sort of, he wants to not just help her, but protect her in a way. And like seeing her just <laughs> dig around aimlessly and at random for something she he knows she's not going to find while he watches and is much more capable. <laughs> he has the thing echo in his head that was in his sister's letter that's like, hey, you have nothing else you want to do, right? And... Yeah. <laughs> He eventually agrees in his own way with his set of conditions. We get another shot of his coffee being gone. And then we go to midterms. Uh, he gets another letter from his sister, which is which is the moment I alluded to earlier. Which is like, hey, I'm in the Istanbul consulate because I made an oopsie. I, I do <laughs> love that. I, I love that so much. I, I, li- I like his uh, the letters from the sister. I really liked them a lot. Yeah. This letter tells him where the anthologies are uh, in the biology prep room. Recky obviously gets dragged along. <laughs> like they they <laughs> start to go and she runs back and is like, come on. Uh, we see the things on the wall and the door is locked to the wall newspaper club. And they notice a weird smell. The guy comes out. Wait, did they notice already? Yeah, they Recky noticed a weird smell, I think. Because yeah, okay. Chitanda has a cold, I believe. Like, she sneezed a couple times. She's sick, so she can't smell. I know he noticed the air freshener. I know that. Yeah, he noticed the things on the wall, and then he notices the, the air freshener the smell. Wall, and then the air freshener. Okay. Yeah. Because he was like, cologne? Wait, no, air freshener. Yeah. This is an easily solvable mystery. Dude's fucking blazing it. <laughs> In my head, they were like, tobacco. And I was like, that motherfucker was getting down and dirty with the devil's lettuce. Mm-hmm. Ain't no... <laughs> You know it, dude. He walks out that door. You can tell he's high as hell. Uh, it's just one of those things that, like, I don't think none of these kids would tattle if the guy was smoking. You know what I mean? It's like, but he doesn't we know just, that. We just yeah. want the fucking books. Like, I but don't know. also, as we learn, he's part of a an important family, but not super, as important as cult. the Chitandas. Yeah, because he's very. He gets very nervous when he learns that. Oh, she's a Chitanda. That is true. Yeah, he did. Or Rocky. <laughs> The guy's like, no, you can't come in. He's like, all right, later. (laughs) And Mayaka goes and stops him and does the very casual arm over the shoulders. We're just hanging out talking. And it's like, hey, (laughs) something's going on with this guy, right? And he's like, yeah, obviously. Chitanda says if they can't, if they're not there, they'll have to search the whole school. (laughs) So Reki comes back. He's like, I would also like to look. (laughs) That's so good. I love that. I I do like the fact he has that that flash in his mind of him looking around the whole school. It's just like, this can't be done. We we need to find him now. Yeah. Uh, So we get in the room. Chitanda sneezes again to reiterate that she has a cold. Uh, And they have no luck. And then Reki starts his play of like ah you know mate this is a big room maybe we should go uh get get some like teachers to help us look <laughs> and the guy starts to flip the fuck out cuz he's paranoid cuz he's high <laughs> um and they go through that whole basically the whole thing of intimidating him and they start to leave and it's like hey if you find them deliver them to us okay and as he leaves He's like, Ereki hits him with the, sorry, it came to this. I, they both are giving <laughs> each other mean eyes, which is fantastic. 
Mm-hmm. We learn that the guy is a Togaito who has, that family has influence over secondary education. So it'd be real bad if he was caught doing illegal stuff. And they hang out for a minute and go back and, hey, the anthologies are in the room. <laughs> Ereki explains all the stuff we just went over. And Satoshi comes in and he's a sunflower. <laughs> I, I do I do love that though because they're sitting they're not sitting outside the classroom but they're, they're sitting somewhere I don't remember who's the one who says it but she's like why are we out here and he's like oh because conserving energy yeah which I thought was funny and then they go inside the room and then the whole scene but yeah and sunflower. Satoshi's a sunflower yep man's killing it in handicrafts club <laughs> Satoshi's just having a great time dude <laughs> he's definitely fucking all on the, over that rosy uh, high school experience mm-hmm. Um, but then they're, they're fucking around. They're happy. They're looking through stuff. And Oreki notices that Chitanda seems a little down. So he goes and asks her what's wrong. And she has Hyoka, the title, the title of the series, guys. Hmm. Uh, volume two. Seems important. It makes reference to her uncle, Sekitani June, uh, how he went from a hero to a legend and something happened that shouldn't be remembered. Uh, Chitanda starts to have her doubts and Oreki encourages her, reminding her that she wants to find out and that eh, can't be that bad, right? <laughs> we should figure it out. We've come this far. Dude, I'm so fucking confused on how like bad or like deep or like how important this is because <laughs> it's the overarching like backstory plot. But so far we've <laughs> solved the case of a sleeping student. How to unlock doors. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. Getting high. Yeah, and getting high, yeah. Which involved, you know, the, the high-tech skill of, you know, just smelling. <laughs> which is why I said at the beginning, it's not about the mysteries, it's about the characters. So I'm, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm wondering, like, because I don't know how far this is going to go. Like, they could literally throw it like, oh, yeah, it was just like, a you know, the student revolt, like, which we'll get into later or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, like, in my head, like, I instantly went to, like, the bad shit. Like, oh, fuck, there's a sex scandal. There's, like, money laundering going on. <laughs> like, wow. I went straight to, like, the hard shit just because, like, that's, you know, I don't know, maybe the American mind. <laughs> After seeing four episodes, do you still think this is that kind of show? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, like, I still think it would be almost as funny if it was, though. It tur- Yeah, it turns into Yakuza at the end. Oreki rips off his shirt on top of a roof and fights a crime boss. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and we learned that they're missing is- issue one and the episode ends there. Um, oh, did you, I don't know if, did you guys notice that at the end of each episode, it says niece of time. Yes. Uh, so I think that's how they mark their arcs. Like, I think that's going to change later. And I think they're all references to like famous, uh, mystery books, uh, daughter of time. I don't think it's Agatha Christie. I forget who wrote it, but daughter of time is a famous mystery book. So, you know, niece of time. Chitanda's looking into her uncle. Get it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. So episode four, the classic lit club's glorious days of yore. They're walking home and they talk about the statute of limitations a little bit. Yeah. Does that mean anything else? Explain. Than what I think it is. I'm pretty sure statute of limitations, the only definition I know of is like, a crime can be committed, right? And then after the statute of limitations expires, you're no longer guilty of that crime. Yeah. Yeah. Typically. I mean, people, there is like a colloquial use of statute of limitations, which is basically the the time that needs to pass for something to be okay. 
or, okay. or for something to lose relevance or importance or whatever. Gotcha. I've never heard that before. Like that. Um... Let me think of like the statute of limitations on spoilers is probably like the most famous colloquial use of it. Uh, so they're walking home. They talk about the statute of limitations. Uh, and Chitanda, with a little bit of encouragement from Areki, decides to bring in Satoshi and Mayaka to help. Uh, we get Satoshi riding up to Areki, greeting him extremely loudly. Um, I'm just saying Satoshi looks great in that scarf. Fucking love it. Mm -hmm. Satoshi is styling. He probably yep. made it in Handicraft Club. <laughs> uh, when he gets up there, Areki starts kicking his bike and tells him to pipe down. Have you no shame? Yeah, As that's people are great. giving him dirty looks. Yep. They start bike riding to Chitanda's and they talk about high school and the colors and how Satoshi is shocking pink. Uh, so this is the one I did watch in dub, by the way. Okay. Um, and I laughed quite a bit during their little conversation. Okay. You want to talk about it? Uh, I mean, I don't know if the, I don't, I see, cause I don't know what the sub specifically said. That's fine. But like. He was kind of like low-key roasting him the whole trip, it seemed like, like up until they sat down at the table. Like the last thing I remember him saying was, like, it, I think he literally announced to the to everyone, or maybe it was in his head, I don't know, but uh, he said like someone like so undeserving to be at the top head of the table. <laughs> talking about <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, he said the same, yeah, he thinks that his head, once it there, she goes, it's his head, like I've never seen someone so undeserving to be at the head of the table. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like even before that, I think there was some just like some just small little kind of like you know playful jabs but mm -hmm. I, like i really at least in the english version on that one everything made real like sense and i actually i think i might actually watch that sub and see if the same joke applies okay. i remember one of them seemed like some wordplay was going on i'm sure i think this i think there's probably a lot of wordplay how, how are you finding the dub um because I, I would be extremely worried about chitanda's voice actor especially I don't know. Everything seemed a little overtly dramatic. And that was but like, it feels pretty, yeah, common. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I, I want to ask something real quick. Do you guys have any thoughts about like how they present themselves and each other? Because like when Areki calls him shocking pink or when Satoshi calls him gray, they're clearly like kind of poking fun at each other. But then at least from Areki's perspective, they kind of go on to internalize those ideas as well and like believe that's who they are and satoshi has this whole thing of like yeah man i'm just going through being super colorful and shit in my life like do you have any thoughts currently about how the, the characterizations of themselves and each other i don't think so i um it's a pretty boring answer but i think that they are just they just seem pretty stable emotionally for them like it's kind of hard to tell again off of like, they seem pretty <laughs> neutral. Right? Oh my God. This is actually so funny. What? I just realized that we broke you with anime more than I realized. <laughs> I don't understand. You are, you are fucking sifting for the melodrama. Like looking for like other. <laughs> well, like anime is always so like over the top melodramatic and <laughs> that shit and i could i could every time you have to think about one of these characters you're waiting for the foot to drop where like one turns into shinji maybe but like well it's just kind of hard because like they're pretty like normal dudes it seems like yeah i mean it is a slice of life show yeah and i it's just uh it's hard to like i think that they're spot on and they're currently like 
he seems the more colorful of the two. He definitely seems like the gray of the two, you know? And they both kind of, it seemed like it was already acknowledged previously. And then the show is just like making sure that you knew. Like, it seems like they've known each other like that for a while. Okay, sure. They're just double checking in with the audience, making sure like, hey, just in case you guys haven't got it. Mm-hmm. Here's the base of where we're starting with these guys. They know it. You should know it, you know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have. Yeah. So they sit there. Oh, first they get to the house and Satoshi is disappointed that they are not greeted by a servant. I do like that. That's great. <laughs> oh, did they actually say he was disappointed? Well, he's like, oh, man, this looks like the kind of place that looks like you would be greeted by a servant. And then okay. Chitanda answers the door and he looks a little despondent. <laughs> gotcha. I may miss the face, but I remember when they first got there, like they stopped and he was like, what? And he goes, uh, wouldn't it be cool if they had a servant? Yeah. Uh, and we go straight to the review meeting. Uh, they're going to go around, talk about their research, and we start with Chitanda. We start with Chitanda. Uh, her uncle dropped out and never finished high school, so he only has a middle school education, basically. He was referred to as a warrior, a hero, a sacrifice, and he came up with the name Hiyoka for the anthologies. Um, and it all went down around the time of Kanyasai, which is the culture festival. Also, before that, you forgot to talk about how, um, what's his name, um, Awoka? Is that his name? Oreki. Oreki was thinking about how, I don't know why I cannot remember these names, but... Um, if you're going to say the head of the table thing, I'm going to scream. Ah, <laughs> uh, but the head of the table thing. <laughs> <laughs> I take that silence as a yes. No, it's not that. Um, oh, okay. The main goal, what's her name? Chitanda. Yeah, how uh, Chitanda's really good at these meetings, like oh, doing yeah. them. And then she, she's like, who should go first? And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, I... I remember who this girl is now. I just think it was just a really funny scene. Yeah, that I did. That is a good bit. Yeah. Uh, Chitanda presents her hypothesis, which is uh, rejected almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hotoro offers an explanation, which is also uh, rejected. Satoshi talks about student activism, which was going on during the time. Yeah, and then we go to Mayaka's research. But they don't want to do it in the stuffy house anymore, so they're going to go hang out by the pond. Hell yeah. Uh, we learned that Sekatani was an activist leader. And, you know, that's basically the whole crux of her research. She presents her hypothesis, which is rejected. <laughs> and, of course, Satoshi is hungry. So Chitanda's going to make everyone some onigiri. Uh, before they go to... Oh, and so while she's doing that, Satoshi presents his research, which is mostly just building on uh, Mayaka's. He uses old school newspapers and basically says like, yeah, everything she said, I kind of got to, but except there was like no violence. It wasn't a violent incident, whatever happened. They go to eat the onigiri. Mayaka, or Satoshi is very excited about it, to which Mayaka is quite jealous. I also, I know it's just a little bit behind, but I also really enjoyed the two guys. If you're going to talk about the head of the table thing, um, we already discussed that. Oh, fuck. Okay, never mind. <laughs> 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 uh, when, uh, uh, when she agreed to make the snacks or whatever, uh, like right underneath the breath, I think they gave like a nudge to the dudes or whatever. What do you mean? Uh, I think um, Satoshi like kind of nudged um, uh, Oriki or whatever. And then he was like, I know, shut up. Because like, you know how, I guess, formal it is to make snacks and stuff for to make food. Oh, yeah. There was, there was a nice little... I caught up on that or picked up on that because of you two mm. guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Which Satoshi is also very much in the camp like, man, this guy is crushing on her super hard. And I'm going to tease him about it every chance I get. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and, you know, and as you said, because, you know, Mayaka gets, she gives a little <laughs> when Satoshi grabs the onigiri all excited. Mm-hmm. Like, pff, eating her food. What the fuck? Also, a fun little detail when they're all eaten, uh, Mayaka has her hand out to catch any rice that falls, and no one else does. Really? Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Satoshi then declines to offer a hypothesis because databases don't draw conclusions. Any thoughts on that? I just thought that was kind of funny. I just think it's funny too. You don't, but I mean, no, that's oh, him. That's no, him. We're not reading into it. Mm-mm. Yeah, dude. <laughs> what no, the fuck do you, you mean? You asked us about it, Owens, and me and me and Anthony both answered the question. And now I'm going to explain to you, dumb <laughs> goddamn children. <laughs> what do you mean? Just go ahead, go ahead, teach. Take your time, Owens. Yes, it's funny for him to say that, but it's also him just straight, basically. I, okay, so here's the thing: Do you think he's why? Why would he do that though? Like, it's obviously, he wouldn't do that for a joke because this is something important. Why would he actually decline to have an idea and fall back on, basically say that, no, I I don't have a hypothesis because I can't. I mean, the way you could look at it, Orange, is um, he's just saying that so he can always be the good guy in the group or whatever it is. Like, he doesn't want to make no waves or anything like that. Or the way I think of it is he's just... um. He doesn't have no, he has no, like, explanation for all the stuff that he's spouting out. He's like, oh, I, I, I can't make no heads or tails about it, but I can tell you all the information there is to this point. Satoshi loves spinning a yarn, though. And maybe, maybe he knows the relationship between him and his best friend. He's the guy who gives out all the data about it, and his best friend is the one that connects everything together. He, maybe he just knows his place, which is not a bad thing about it. I'll give you some of that. I think you are you are on a on a track that is close to the right track. Uh, any any thoughts, Anthony? Uh, I truly was not reading into this moment. Uh, I don't know if I literally missed anything, but as far as I know, he was just like you know databases don't draw conclusions, and no one else had an issue with it, so I didn't either. Okay, uh, it's a recce's turn. And he decided to use that 50-year book. Wait a second. Hold on. Do you think that he just literally skipped his turn? He just literally gave up his conclusion to give it to Oreki because he knew he was going to solve it and thus impress the women even farther? I don't think that at all. Absolutely not. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, there were some things Monkey said in that explanation that I think are 100% true, but not that. Let's just say it's slightly alluding to perhaps the conflict that Satoshi is faced with. No, don't tell me there's going to be a fucking conflict between these two people. No, 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 not between them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, But it is Areki's turn. He used the 50-year book, and he realizes that he has no hypothesis. His vision starts to go blurry as everyone's like, "Uh, hey, man, your turn. What's going on? Uh, Lucky for him, it starts to rain, and Chitanda left her shiitake mushrooms out, so she has to go get those. Oreki escapes to the bathroom. Uh, he's given instructions that it's down the hall and to the right, which is pretty much every single door. So he gets lost. <laughs> uh, he sees an open door and it's Shitanda's room. Uh, he kind of peeks in a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, then pulls back, uh, getting a little nervous. Like, ooh, her room. They're like, oh shit, I shouldn't be here. Yeah, he relates how pulvy he is. So he's like, I'm not, I should not be here. But he does notice all the research that she has been putting into it then goes into his mind palace effectively to come up with something 
Um, there's a, l- a little bit of light teasing when he gets back, and then we jump into his explanation uh, where he says the cause was the culture festival. They tr- they tried to shorten it from a five-day run, and the students basically revolted on that. Everyone pretty much accepts his theory and is like, yep, cool. Good job, Areki. You're so smart. <laughs> Except Mayaki. She's like, God damn it. This fucking guy. He's always yeah, he's getting it. it. I'm going to like her. Mayaka rules. Uh, everyone then leaves Chitanda's house and she thinks one last time that if Oreki's theory is correct, why did she cry? I did. A, I, did I think I did an audible. Hmm. I literally did that. I think my <laughs> mic would have fucking picked it up if it was recording. After the explanation, I'm like, there's no way this is the answer. Why is the fucking book missing? Like, why did she cry? I'm just like, I'm thinking about it. And why is the fucking uncle missing? There must be a reason why he's been missing for so long. Mm. He's in India. Hmm. Okay, so. The uncle. Hold on. Is that, okay, I'm just going to say, is that all we can discuss about this episode? That, that I, is I all. That is the end of episode four. Yes. Okay, so I guess I want to I wanna put some theories down. Yeah. So do something, something I do want to discuss, though. Anthony, I mean, uh, uh, Owens. Does the Uncle Mystery does finish in this anime? Does it finish? Do you got do you do you both want an answer to that? I want to know because I want to put out some theories and if I cannot if I cannot get the answers in this anime, fuck the theories. If I remember correctly, it will be resolved in the next four episodes. Really? Yep. Okay. Okay, first of all, Anthony, um, you think the uncle's dead or alive? They all fucking know. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony. Don't be like a recce. Don't be afraid to be wrong. Just make a hypothesis. I mean, there's a difference between, like, at this point, in, like, making a educated guess off zero information. Like, that's I, that just doesn't work in my head. But I want him to be alive. Okay, so you're going to say alive. Will you okay. accept that? You must be really fun to play poker with. <laughs> I'm going to put for Ant. I'm going to say uh, alive for the uncle. And I also think the uncle's alive. So I'm going to put me. I'm writing this down so when we fuck it up, we have some kind of stuff. So you, so you both think uh, the pr- currently presented theory is at least partially incorrect. Oh, it's th- why is the book missing? Mm-hmm. There must be a reason why the fucking false book is missing. Wait, the current. Well, I don't know why the theory would. Do you think a was right and that's it? Like he solved it? Or do you think he's they're missing wait, something? Wait, oh, oh, I am sorry. I am splitting two things. I am splitting like the fact that the uncle has been. So the uncle, this happened 45 years ago. The uncle's only been missing for seven years. Yep. So I don't see the the connection between what happened then and what happens now or what happened there, seven years there, ago. There isn't. Oh, there isn't? Okay, well. I, I, don't th- I don't think so, but that'd be kind of wild if there was because it's been 40 years. So, I mean, I think his theory is on the right track and I'm, yeah, I think he's on, I, like, there may be a couple missing details, but I think he's pretty much got most of it figured out but i have no idea if that relates at all to the fucking like death of the thing i think that's just to put a time pressure on solving it yeah yeah that makes sense okay so what do you think the uncle did you think it's whatever the guy said great question that's what i had (laughs) yeah i just answered it you you think that's it you think he was just an active well okay oh no i think there's a i think there's one big detail missing which i i don't i don't know what it is what do you think it is what do you what do you think just guess you told me not to guess the mysteries on this anime no i I told you not to spend all your time trying to solve them and focus on the characters but you can guess on this because it's fun christ um 
Call me up, Anthony. What are you doing, dude? Come on, guess. I'm not guessing. Uh-huh. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Fuck y'all. All right, monkey. What do you What do you think he did? I don't know. It has to be the fact that he either got kicked out of school. Well, he did. Well, yeah, yeah. He has. To, it has to be where he gets kicked out of school, but it has to be something that people don't want to remember, but people do want to remember it. That's yes. That's actually a really good point because it is referenced that way. In that, like, he did something that at the time made him great. But now people maybe don't look at it as in the same light. Any any other uh, thoughts, questions, anything? Uh, I will say I went into like the first two, two and a half episodes like, nope, not going to like this at all. Mm-mm. And then episode four happened. And then it, like hearing us discuss it or whatever, given a couple of your pref- pref- prefaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I would have heard those at the beginning, I think I would have been more into the first couple episodes. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I had thought about him before I watched him. Because I was very much like, dude, this is so boring. <laughs> um, even after the, uh, after we talk about it, I still think the anime is boring. But it's a fun discussing thing, discuss about random stuff that happens. I knew Monkey was going to be bored. I figured uh, I had dude, like a... You know. <laughs> Anthony, in my mind, could go either way on this one. I feel like I had like a 60% chance of winning you over. Yeah, we're still there. We're still there. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just bored, and I don't know. I think it's just because it doesn't have no comedy. There's some funny parts, but it's not like... It's almost like life, dude. Yeah. <laughs> or a slice of it, anyway. Who wants to watch life? Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's a bunch of slice life people who like it, so, I mean, I'm the majority over here. Um, I mean, I don't think it being boring is, like, an unpopular opinion. I could totally see how people would be bored. It's literally just kids talking pretty much the entire time without any fucking wacky anime hijinks favorite characters uh right now with the little can i got to go on uh satoshi and uh, mayaka i mean satoshi all the way he was a scoff scoff so dope not digging uh roki's vibe <laughs> yeah i i i think you're still caught up on the idea that he's just gonna be a giant shithead <laughs> anthony yeah at the moment yeah i mean uh <laughs> Or at least I was, and then like I, I don't. I, I mean, he he'll be fine, but I just need him to change his motto. It's so dumb. That's a good motto. It's, it's not a good motto. So, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to know where you can get in contact with us on socials or whatever, listen after the music where we plug all that stuff. And otherwise, see you next time on my first anime. Monkeys out. Bye bye. Hey, thanks as always for listening. We decided to smash through fate and forge our own futures by launching a Patreon. You can check that out over on patreon.com slash myfirstanime, where hopefully by this point we figured out some cool shit to do. Or if you would just like to leave us a review and uh, rating on wherever you get your podcasts, that helps as well. And also, I am winging this, you know, also has wings, Twiddle. So at us, at my first anime and other shenanigans, talk about how awesome I am. That's Salvador, also Monkey. Just really just leave comments about me is what I'm asking for. I'm also plugging, I guess, my stream, uh, twitch.tv slash stmonkey with a zero. And if you want to email us, uh, our email address is myfirstanimepodcast at gmail.com. And you can check out pictures of my cat on Instagram and Twitter under the handle of Sir Paper Plate.
See you next time on My, my First, first Anime. anime. <laughs> Did it in one. Did Perfect. <laughs>